Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Shout out to the fam, man. Appreciate y'all for being in this episode of The Coleman, like I've been saying for some time now. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys, where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. What's popping, fam? Shout out to you. Appreciate you guys for being in the stream. I won't be uh, holding you too long on this late episode of The Coma. Much love to the fam. Appreciate y'all. Shout out to you indeed. Please feel free to hit the like button. Please feel free to subscribe if you're not a subscriber. And by all means, feel free to share the show links on your social media feed. 
They help us out a great deal. Also, check out some of the new merch that we got a new merch collection called No Excuses in Old Excuses. It's a full collection, men, women, children, everybody is available. The links in the chat below all and we also give you a discount. It's a limited collection family, so it'll be leaving soon. So make sure you get your no excuses merch the links in the description section. So shout out to the fam. This one, man. This one is called the Saints Midweek Wrap Up Stream as we'll kind of go into the kind of looking at the Saints, the New Orleans Saints uh, injury report. The first one of the week, the Wednesday injury report. As we get off into this hump day episode, we have a few things. We'll go over the trade deadline just passed. The Saints weren't involved. There was a few things that were going on. We'll cover that as well as looking at some of the statistics at this point. Who's balling out? Who's doing the thing for the New Orleans Saints to make you aware? Plus some news on the Chicago Bears QB situation. So without further ado, we'll dive right into it. Shout out to Niles Carpenter, our key contributor over at thewhodaddaily.com. Y'all check that out. Saints injury report week nine face off with the Bears in 2023. So heading into week nine, uh, the Saints have released the latest injury report spotlighting the health of status of 10 players before the Bears matchup. Saints compiled a list of injured players. And this is our graph here. As you can see, Ty Summers, the linebacker, special teams linebacker, concussion, hamstring. DMP today, Lynn Bowden Jr., wide receiver, is also DMP, did not practice. Wide receiver Michael Thomas has a rest. He has, was rest due to his illness. Uh, he was limited in practice, along with Andrews Pete, who's dealing with an ankle. Uh, you have Ty- Taysom Hill, who's dealing with a hip issue. He had a chest issue before, now it's a hip. Graham is resting, so is Ryan Ramchek. James Hurst has an ankle issue. He was limited. Demario Dib is dealing with a knee. He was limited. And Marcus May is still dealing with a sickness. He fully practiced, actually. He was. He's the only FPO fully participant in Wednesday's matchup in terms of who's listed on the injury report. So glad to see he's made it through it. As seven, several players are still dealing with some type of uh, stomach virus or something to that degree. Now, the Bears also had their little walkthrough or whatever today. Uh, Nate Davis guard, Nate Davis ankle, DMP'd. QB Justin Fields with the right thumb, DMP'd. Uh, cornerback Terrell Smith, illness, DMP, Jaquan Brisker, the safety, concussion, DMP, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, the uh, linebacker there with a knee, DMP, limited was Braxton Jones, offensive lineman, and two full participants was Lucas Patrick, the offensive lineman and safety, Eddie Jackson, who had a foot issue, but he was fully practiced in there. So that's some of the players as we get deep off into it. It's all, all already week nine in the NFL season, man, to be honest with you. Isn't that something? We're already into week number nine. The season is moving and getting beyond us. We're already in the month of November. All right, so anyway, let's keep it moving and shaking, man, on this front. Let's take a look at the injury report. Now, they had uh, some stuff that had occurred uh, in terms of what happened with the black and gold. Let's take a look at the injury report or, or some news that had popped up with Ian Rappaport, what he was saying about the Saints to a trade. This is very interesting. And the Saints were trying to look at something, another wide receiver for Hunter Renfro. Let's hear what uh, Ian Rappaport has. Like, go back to your thing about trade. I didn't get the sense any trade was going to happen. The only one I thought might happen was Hunter Renfro going to the Saints. It's just so much contractual stuff that they had to work out. Who is going to pay his salary? Didn't get it done by yesterday. Just, in the end, just did not end up happening. 
All right, very interesting. You're talking about Hunter Renfro, man, being the guy that would have stepped up for the Saints, and Saints were trying to work out a deal to get Hunter Renfro, another wide receiver, to the black and gold and add him on in so he can join the Saints. And, you know, we are already loaded and littered with receivers right now. And I'd be hard-pressed to find out where a guy like Renfro would fit in that, you know. And the fact that his his money and and it just couldn't they couldn't get it together. Very interesting. Now Hunter Renfro right now, fam, you can see right here, ten catches on the season for ninety two yards. Not nothing really shaking for him. Uh, it's a guy that's you know, has some talent, you know. But it's hard pressed to find exactly where Hunter Renfro would fit at in the same system. You can see. Um, his numbers have just dropped off the map. His best year was in 21 when he had 103 catches along with nine touchdowns. Since then, 10 plays, he was injured partially in 22. He had 36 catches with two touchdowns. And then this year, through eight games, 10 catches, and they're trying to offload him. Saints came close, according to Ian Rappaport, of trying to get Hunter Renfro here. Now, like, okay, what's, you know, that's interesting. No, you always look at uh, receivers and you say to yourself, what, you know, okay, he'll be a interesting commodity to have here. But at the end of the day, uh, where would a guy like Hunter Renfro fit in the Saints running back room? I, I, I imagine that you got Rashid Shaheed, Michael Thomas, and Chris Olave. Where would he fit in the Saints scheme? You know, where would he fit in the Saints scheme? You know, that would be very interesting uh, if they were able to pull this off. And according to Sportrack, and this is his contract, and like he said, he couldn't find, you know, the ability to work it out. And right now, uh, Renfro in the 2023, uh, his base salary is $6.5 million with almost a $2 million signing bonus. You can see it right there. Roster bonus of 4.3. The Saints had to work it out. Now, they do, according to Sportrack, do have an opt-out after 2023, and they can opt out and just have a 20, a two year deal at just over 22 million and get from up on them because in 24, the contract spikes to 11.1 million. So they're trying to offload him as much as possible. The Saints were obviously looking at him, but they couldn't get the numbers to work. And thanks, thank God they could because I think we're fine where we are. We don't need an expensive hunter. Renfro at this juncture of time. If we were dealing with injuries, that would be different. You know, if we was dealing with some injuries or whatnot, uh, you know, but we good on that. We good on that right now. That's a whole nother, you know, expensive thing we had to work out. And in the end, it didn't work out. It'd be interesting to just think for a second, if that had worked and the Saints did acquire Hunter Renfro via trade, depending on what they give up, whether it was a draft pick or something, to acquire them, they have to situate and work out the money. Cause I think right now, currently the saints have roughly about $4 million in cap, if I'm not mistaken. So if they absorb in his contract or his salary at 6.5 million, then he has an $11.1 million. And of course we know Mickey Loomis would just move it around and next year and think about it, but you know, still something to think about. Yeah. According to sport track is saying the saints have under four, $3.8 million dollars. Or roughly, you know, I think uh, over the cap have them about four million or so. 
But it's interesting to see exactly how all that'll play uh, moving forward. But the Saints didn't make the move to get him and give Derek Carr another familiar target. How would that have affected Chris Olave and the rest of the Saints room? Where would he have played at? Where would Hunter Renfro have played in the Saints offense? You know, I mean, fourth wide receiver, is that where he would have been? I I don't know where you would play, play him at or who you would go and reach for an expensive wide receiver from a Raider and bring him here to Carr, and you already have all of your wide receivers. Somebody's going to lose some uh, some time. I wonder, you know, if that had happened, you know, that would have been really interesting to see who would have lost some time there. That I, I just kind of thinking about that. All right, anyway, let's move on, fam. Let's move on. Let's move on to Derek Carr. Let's hear what he had to say today uh, at practice. Here we go. You got to be so much more efficient offensively in, in this last game. Um, I think just finishing the drives uh, helped everybody feel better about it. You know, I thought you know, the last few weeks we've been moving the ball well. And at times early on, we moved it well in certain the second halves of games and things like that. Uh, but we finished our drives with touchdowns. And we had, obviously, we connect on some big plays that that helps too. Uh, you know, but it just – when you finish in the red zone, you know, whether you run them in, throw them in, it, it makes everybody feel better about, you know, you know, when you get a lot of yards and move the ball. Was that as much communication as execution or? Uh, both. Uh, I, I felt that, you know, guys, you know, there's going to be times where I miss a throw or we miss a catch or we miss a block or we miss a, uh, you know, running lane or whatever. That's football. That's going to happen. Um, but I didn't think, think that there was many of all mental errors. You know, if we can limit that, um, now, now we're not beating ourselves. You know, now we're just we're competing and we're just trying to win the game. Derek, how, how would you assess how the offensive line play has been the last couple of games? And you feel like that's been a big reason why you've been able to operate and do what you need to do in this offense. Yeah, I've always said I've always said that. You know, my hope, Derek, we're, we're going to go as they go. You know, and that's uh, that's football. It's always one in the trenches, and and our guys, I feel, have played really well the last several weeks. And you know, I think that. The better they play, it's going to allow us, you know, AK, myself, um, it's going to allow everyone else, you know, to play better as well. What's and so, play? no, you're good. Go ahead. Please stop me. What's, Thanks, made, <laughs> what's made them play better? Uh, well, I mean, I, you, know, you know, there's been a lot of moving parts this year. And uh, anyone who's ever played offensive line, they would tell you. I, I, I wouldn't know. You know, I was always one of the smaller kids, so I didn't get to. But they would always tell you that communication and being on the same page, seeing the same looks, you know, us going in combination together, you know, passing a game off, you know, it's different with every guy. And so the more reps you can get together, you know, with similar guys, similar bodies, uh, you know, that, that stuff just helps. So I think how much, how much does Mike Thomas mention this offense halfway through the season? Obviously for the last three seasons, we hadn't seen a whole lot of Mike, but these first eight games, he kind of looks like the Mike we're accustomed to seeing. Yeah. I think he's shown what we saw in training camp, you know, he, he was, he was coming back off the injuries and, you know, the rehabs and all that. And, and Mike is, you know, we've all been, you know, so happy with Mike, you know, and what he's brought, his mindset that he's brought in the building. Everyone's just, you know, super pleased with Mike and, you know, the mentality that he has. And, uh, and me and Mike talk, you know, almost for sure after every game where he's, where, you know, there's things we think the same way. You know, hey, we got to do this, this, and this in practice this week, you know, uh, you know, with the communication with me and Mike has been great. Uh, and, uh, like everybody in the in the building has said, they they've just been so happy with the way he's come in and approached things, and he's been super productive for us. Do you think the uh, that jumbo package you guys deployed can do for you as an offense? Does it set kind of a mentality or a physicality that you guys? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, we have a lot of guys. You know, that's the one thing about our offense is, you know, we don't just do one thing. You know, we can spread them out. We can bring in the big guys and do it that way. We can bring in certain personnel groups, make you think one thing, do another. And and that goes back to the talent of the guys in that locker room, uh, you know, that we're able to do so many different things. And so, yeah, when we bring the big guys in, there's a physicality and there's a an old school kind of football. You know, football has spread out so much, you know, to so some of the old school guys like myself. And when, when you get back in those heavy formations, you know, we, we have some experience there and we kind of like that. They've done a good job spreading the ball around a lot this year. Is that something as a quarterback that you kind of have to be able to be playmakers on an offense? Do you have to be conscious of, or does it just kind of happen here? No, I kind of like I told you all when I came. You know, we you, we taught you guys teach me about the playmakers, and I and I said, look, I'm going to read plays out, and the ball, we're going to say, wow, he had a great game. You know, and then the next week we're going to, wow, he, he had a great game. What's wrong with this guy? You know, what's wrong? why why can't we do? And I and I and I just said, like just the way I play, man, I'm just going to spread them out and you know leave it up to the coaches to put guys in position and. Hopefully I can read them all right and get it to the guy when they're supposed to get it and all those things. Um, but that's that's just me playing quarterback. Like, if you guys want to get mad, you'll go talk to them. But I'm going to read plays out and I'm going to throw it to where the ball should go. AK could have 12 catches. You know, he, Mike, you could have 10 one time. You could get three in a row. You could, you know, however it plays out, we have to be able to play that way. Um, that way, as quarterback, you can be free in the decisions that you're making. It's really it's interesting. We talk about freedom of the Saints offense and really last game you started to see him really move prior to that. It wasn't really moving because Derek Carr was not, you know, and he's one of the main factors on the field of why the Saints offense was so stagnant. When the Saints finally came up with the idea to take the ball out of his hands and give it to other playmakers, you've seen the Saints offense move. That was a clear indication indicator that the ball can't stay with him. And that's not it's not a knock on Derek Carr. The issue is he just doesn't know enough of the Saints offense to make a difference, like, you know, to take control of a game and do certain type of things. He just doesn't know. He In time, he will pick it up. We, we're going into week number nine right now. We just seen a really good indicator like the Patriots game was pretty decent. But this last game, the offense took control of the game and won the game. The offense did. The defense struggled. The offense actually won the game. That's the first time we've seen that. Now, is that it, does that mean the Saints offense is turning the corner? That's the thing. It, it, are they turning the corner right here? I can't tell. I, I really can't tell. I have to see this type of production and back-to-back performance and even in two, three, maybe four performances. I have to be able to see that. If I don't see that, then I can't really talk about that. So let's finish up with Carr. Nice. Had some momentum early in the year. Won the first two, the way ahead Just kind of mid-season, kind of getting on a little bit of a roll. Do you, do you see that coming, or? Well, I, I sure hope so. I, 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 like I said before the game last week, I thought we were getting better, and I still think there's room to improve. And I still think we're, you know, the guy's mindset is, yeah, cool, we won, awesome. How do we get better? You know, and I think if we keep that hunger. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. The teams that I've been on, you know, I was on a team where we had to win our last three or four games to go to playoffs. And all the way leading up to that, what's wrong with this? You know, what's doing this? And then, boom, we, we get on a run right at the end, and everyone's happy at the end of the year. Uh, but it, unless you win the last one, nobody's happy, you know. And so, you know, for us, you know, I've seen so many times in this league, you just keep going through the process. You know, it's a long season. Uh, it's not a short race. Um, and everyone is in, you know, this kind of process and mentality to get better as fast as they can so you're playing your best at the end of the year. And so hopefully – um, you know, that's one of, you know, will be one of those teams. Kind of piggybacking on that, is it amazing to you the perception of you and the team on a week-to-week basis, how it changes? I'm sure some of the young guys are probably shocked by it, but at this point in my career, I'm not shocked by it at all. I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of doing, and I'm extremely confident in that. And so we will always gladly take supporters, uh, and anyone who wants to hate on us, well, you know, cool. Give him a thumbs up and say thank you. <laughs> but my process is not going to change. Is that, I mean, you kind of accept that's what the NFL is, that every win is a championship and every loss? The process has to change, and the Saints is going to take the ball. And, and like I said, the, the wins and the losses that occurred in the last game and the prior game is you, you can't get around it, whether it's the play call or the quarterback. The guy can't be throwing the ball all over the field. He can't be misreading things. Can't be turning the ball over. Got to work on ball security. The sack that occurred in the game, Carr fumbled the ball off to the defense. Uh, he made several really positive plays and played probably his probably his best game. Uh, and I don't know if I want to say something about the New England matchup. He played decently in that matchup. But ultimately, when you look around at the squad, all I could tell you is that. Um, they did, they in this past game they took the damn ball out of his hand. That's the that's how it happened. They took it out of his hand, gave it to the running game. The running game had everybody involved: Taysom, Kendra, Lam- uh, uh, Elvin, and uh, Jamal Williams. All of them were involved. It equaled up to 161 yards on 30 something carries. He had uh, 29 or whatever it is. Uh, well, actually, 27 attempts because Taysom had two completions in the matchup. So, all of the win these games, you got to take Carr out of the equation until he improves himself. Outside of that, the quarterback touched the ball more than anybody, man. Don't let him fool you and tell you some gibberish about some BS about it's this other guy, is that guy. There's nobody that touches the ball more than the quarterback. And if the quarterback is not handling this business, they're going to lose the game. Bottom line, they, they're not going to go as far as they're supposed to go, especially when the quarterback is $150 million. Well, kind of well, well, you look over the years, you know, really in the last, you know, 
couple decades of professional football, you know, it's like you hire a coach. If they don't win right away, they get rid of them. You know, do they get time to build their thing? Same thing with rookie quarterbacks. They come in, they can, they, oh, they don't show it right away, get rid of them. You know, it's like, you know, you know, they cut OTAs, you know, way more in half than they ever been. Training camp shorter. There's a, uh, you know, when do we get better at football? You know, when does a coach get to put his, you know, plan and his process in? You know, when, you know, when does that get to develop? And I, I don't know what goes on in every building, you know, but I just know the way that the league has been, we've just trained everyone's mind to be now, 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 you know. And so, you know, for for me, I've, you know, learned from Russell Westbrook and saying he said some words I probably wouldn't say, but he just doesn't really care what anybody thinks anymore. And so I adapted that probably about four or five years ago, and it's been good for me. Shahid came into the season saying he wanted to be a more all-around receiver after kind of focusing on one thing last year. Just from the time you worked with him from OTA to now, like how have you seen that growth development? Yeah, I mean, he definitely has some big plays. You know, we don't want to. I want him to keep working, but I want him to keep working on those things he's really good at, too. Um, and he's shown to make the big plays. But he's also been someone throughout the season to show that he can run the routes. He can get in and out of breaks. He can make the tough catches, contest the catches. You know, some fast guys, they can do one thing, and that's it. Whereas Rashid, I've seen him work in, in his growth, and I'm so proud of the way he's worked. And I'm so proud of, you know, you know how, how, how hard he's worked and overcoming injuries earlier in his career, you know, coming out of college and then, you know, getting an opportunity, and now he's making the most of it. And so uh, just really proud of him because he's, as you guys know, he's smiling every time. You know, he's super happy. He's joyful, and he, and he works his butt off. So I'm proud of him. How much do you have to adjust as a quarterback uh, when a guy can get down the field that fast? Yeah, so the, po- the post that I threw him, when I threw it, I was like, oh, shoot, I overthrew it. <laughs> and then it just hit him in stride, and I was like, everyone's like, great throw. And I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he went and got that one. And so, you know, for me, you know, I've had, you know, Guys like Henry Ruggs, Zay Jones. I'm gonna stop naming guys because some of my fast friends and think I'm not talking about them. But you know, I've had guys where you know there is a different level of umph you can put on a football and trust that they can get there. And he's one of those guys where you can let one rip and you can pretty much trust every time he's going to be there. Yeah, that's and that's the great part about having really good wide receivers like Rashid Shahid, uh, Chris Olave, who's kind of having a uh, interesting sophomore season. And that's like the sophomore slump stuff that we talk about with most players. And then he's having a little bit of that and uh, he'll make it through it because he has the makings of a player that's supposed to do that. Let's jump to some of the statistics here to go over his car uh, going into week. Number nine's numbers through eight games, 182 completions to 282 on the attempts, 64 and a half percent completion percentage. 1910 is what he's thrown for so far. This average in the Saints, he's averaging personally almost 239 yards per contest. He has eight touchdowns against four interceptions. He's been sacked 19 times. 19 times he's been sacked. He's sacked. His rating is 87.6. All right. The top rusher is Elvin Kamara through five games, 86 carries. For 320 yards, he has two touchdowns, rushing averaging about 64 yards per contest. Taysom Hill is behind him uh, with 203 yards on 38 carries. And Taysom has three rushing attempts there, followed by Jamal Williams, 118. Kendra Miller's 83-70 by Tony Jones, who moved on. So, and then, of course, you move on to the receiving statistics. And Chris Olave, through eight games, is the top wide receiver on the team with 44 catches off of 77 targets for 517, averaging 12 yards per catch. He has one touchdown, 
and he's averaging 64.6 yards per game. Elvin Kamara, 39 catches for 228 in the score. Michael Thomas has 38 grabs off of 61 targets for 439. He also has one touchdown. He's, he's averaging 11.6 yards per catch. Taysom Hill, Rashid Shahid is behind Michael Thomas. He has 23 grabs off of 38 targets for 479. He leads the team in, turn of, in terms of receiving touchdowns with three. So you can see a couple of those guys right there uh, performing. And it's our top wide receiver core. Move on to the defense. The top uh, tackler for the defense is Demario Davis. He had 54 tackles total. Behind him is Pete Werner with 51. Uh, doing this thing, Laddie Daddy with 41, Alante Taylor with 36, Carl Granderson, uh, the first defensive end, chiming in with 35 tackles. Cam is, has 23. The top sack man, far and few, I mean, far and beyond, is Carl Granderson. Carl has five and a half sacks right now for the black and gold. He got paid the big money, and Carl Granderson has five and a half sacks. And the closest guy to him is Nate Shepard and Demario Davis. Brian Bercy has a sack and a half. He asks him how many Cam has. Cam has one sack on the season, but you don't count them out. You know how Cam is. He could put a bunch of them in a row. Top interception guy, Paulson Adebo, has two picks uh, for the Saints. Several other players are tied for second place with one uh, uh, pick apiece. So it's really fun to watch and see where we are as a group in, turn of the, in terms of the statistics. Uh, for the Saints, that you can see all the guys here. And uh, we're going to keep it moving. Now, let's move on to this. And this is from the Bears website. Bay, uh, ba- Bagent remains, I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, Bagent remains focused on weekly process ahead of third start of the season. Now, after taking a close look at the loss to the Chargers, quarterback Tyson Bagent is remaining focused in his preparation details ahead of his third NFL start of the weekend in New Orleans. He says, I think. Just obviously continue to hone in on the weekly process, just getting everything completely nailed down. And once you get onto the field, just being able to read and react, just trust what you see and go through your progressions and value the ball above everything else. Last Sunday night against the Rams, he threw 300, I mean, 232 yards and completed 25 of 37 pass attempts. While the rookie's longest completion in his first start was a 17-yard pass to Deontay Foreman. Badgent looked for a more deep ball opportunity against the Chargers. On the first play of the game, he connected receiver Darnell Mooney for a 41-yard gain as a former two-lane receiver. While Badgent re- believes he missed an opportunity to get the ball to DJ Moore, the QB was content with his pass selection. So he says after rushing for 160-plus yards in four straight games, the Bears offense totaled just 73 yards on the ground against the Rams. He attributed the dip in rushing production to the offense's slow start. While last Sunday marked his first start on the road, he said there wasn't much of a difference in operation aside from using silent cadence, something he didn't utilize during his college career. With the Bears headed to the Superdome, Baggin and the offense are preparing for an even louder environment than what they experienced at SoFi Stadium. While him and his coaches and teammates have expressed confidence in his ability to perform at the NFL level, additional reps in live situation will only increase the comfort level. Bagent is looking forward to his additional time on task. Repetition is the mother of all learners. So more and more reps I get at full speed in the game, I'm sure the more comfortable I'll be. So it's always good to continue to get reps, and I'm just looking forward to continue to develop 
the best I can do, you know, best he can do. But this is uh, one of the things we talked about with them having this rookie quarterback in here. And the Saints have had some issues, containment issues uh, with quarterbacks that are not as good. Like you talk about a Baker Mayfield, you talk about uh, a uh, Gardner Minshew. These guys have the ability to ad lib or stretch plays out. Well, problem it was problematic in a couple of these games in the Tampa Bay game. And in the matchup last week, it was very troublesome to see that kind of thing happen as well. And of course, the Bears, they kind of made a trade. Montez Sweat, who's a former red, uh, car, uh, commander, is he joins the Bears. He comes over. He was uh, going to walk through the practices and he was the guy that got traded. Now, he's 6'6", 262, and the Bears just happy to add Sweat who led the commanders with six and a half sacks through eight games this season. He's also six NFL players to record at least five sacks and 10 quarterback hits in his first five seasons, joining guys like Brian Burns, Max Crosby, Chris Jones, Miles Garrett, and TJ Watt. That's not bad. And he's a guy that could play inside and outside. This is a, a very interesting move that the Bears made to bring in Montez Sweat to help out there, uh, to bring him in to help out their defensive line. So this is another player that we have to pay attention to chasing down Derek Carr. You know, we guys have, we have issues uh, with our offensive line uh, as well. We facing some injury issues. We, we know about the fact that Andrews Pete is dealing with an ankle issue. Ryan Ramchick is getting some rest there. James Hurst is another guy who hopefully we can be able to get back. So the Saints are dealing with some injuries on the offensive line and only a time to tell how this all will fare it out. But as we get deeper into the week, right now the Bears are making some moves. They're not standing idly by and watching all this stuff just uh, happen. They're actually trying to make some moves and make some things shake in the season. So we can't look past any of these teams. The next two games the Saints have against people that have issues with their quarterback. Justin Fields has a thumb issue. He's not there. We know what happened with Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. They had to make some moves. So it'll be interesting to see how things will look for the Saints with the next over the next two weeks, they got a home game here against Chicago uh, coming up on Sunday. Then next week they head to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. So we'll see how all of that will shake and fold for the team, man, to be honest with you. But in the end, all I can say is, man, it's going to be interesting. The saints have to, it was a positive seeing what they did against the Colts last week. Uh, let's see if they can actually keep this stuff going, man. And move on because we got, like I said, week nine, we got the matchup with the Bears in the Dome. Then week 10, we go to Minnesota uh, to take on the Vikings. Then we go into a bye week. So it'll be interesting to see the Saints. Can they improve? Can they go up to six and four before the bye when they have a very important game against the Falcons coming out of the bye? And hopefully we'll see some stuff happen uh, that'll be beneficial. But the Saints have to take care of business on the field. So anyway, with that being said, fam, we're going to get ready to get out on that, man. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in this episode of Tacoma. Uh, and uh, just to let some of the family members know that we have the flash sale going. The link is in the, the description section below with the flash sale for the no excuses gear in black and white. You can get a discount right now. Like I said, this is a limited collection. Sooner or later, we're going to stop this collection. It won't be a long-term collection. Sooner or later, this collection will end. So if you want to go ahead and get your gear now, feel free to jump there and do it. Why they got a sale going on, you get 10% off on it. Uh, when, 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 when women, men, and children 
gears available in the collection, all kind of stuff. So it'll hey, check that out. So anyway, yeah, we got some very interesting stuff that's happening with the Saints. And we'll see how it all ferrets out at the end of the day. So with that being said, I'm going to get ready to leave on that. Listen, I appreciate y'all tuning in this episode of the show. I'll be back later on today with some more news and notes on the coma. We have a preview stream. I'm trying to line up a Chicago uh, podcast to come in, a media cast to come in and talk about the Bears. If not, then we'll probably end up doing a preview stream uh, tomorrow, Thursday or maybe Friday. We'll see how it all goes. So with that being said, I'm going to get out on that. Appreciate y'all chiming in. Y'all hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. By all means, feel free to share the show on the social media feed and check out the merch. Much love, family. I'm holler at y'all on the flip side. Yeah. Huh? Boogie like Benson, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose all winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Boogie like Benson, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in. That was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town. Duck down. Falcons pluck get shut down. Panthers ain't much touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah. like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. News all winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. 
Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.